All right, guys. Uh, this is very exciting to me today because my next guest is someone who I really want to ask her a lot of questions, and she probably doesn't even know that. <laughs> and uh, she is a hilarious comedian, very funny, very different, very unique. Um, she has her first special called Viva La Rose. She shot it over the pandemic at the Rose Bowl, which I'm going to ask you. V- La Vienne Roads. La, oh, it was uh, <laughs> La Vienne Roads, and it was by Comedy Dynamics, a great company. Brian, hello, Brian. How are you? It's going to be, it's on where? It's on Apple and- It's on iTunes. Know, iTunes. <laughs> it's on in the internet. It's on the, it's on the internet. Please welcome Erica Rhodes. Hello. I probably shouldn't do intros like that. I probably should just talk and then we plug at the end, but I don't know why I do those, but I do. Yeah, well, I liked it. You liked it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's so good to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we've been trying to do this for a bit, but we both got a little busy. So I have so many questions for you. So first time we met, how are you allowed to tell me your age? I mean, the internet has old. Everything. I'm old. What are you, 33? Older. I've Ish. Ish. Around there. Ish. After that, it doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) (laughs) The first time we met, I just have a, I have history with you. I don't know if you feel like you have history with me. Well, I know we've crossed paths a lot, but I'm curious what you, what you mean. Cause I'm not sure. Wait, the first time we, wait. The I'm first actually time forgetting because we we've met a couple times. That hurts me. How oh, no, no, I no. remember no, the I first rem- time we met and you're like, I don't even remember. Really no, I just remember you. a couple funny shows we've done where we're both kind of looking at each other like, like what are we doing? What the fuck? That's been a lot of shows. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of shows. Uh, no, we were in the belly room and it was somebody's show. I, maybe it was a Tammy show. Yes. Or no, I think it was a, maybe it was a Jody show, the C word or... Now I remember that. I I forget whose show it was. And it was at the height, which is still pretty high of, uh, but the beginnings of Me Too. Right. And the uh, rage was uh, boiling. (laughs) And I just got off stage and might have done some jokes about females potentially (laughs) that got some laughs and angered some and. And like, I literally, it was a turning point for me when we did the show together because I literally would go on stage and even if it's a male or female, if it's like a dude, it's like, what's up, bro? Hand, half hug, right. boom. <laughs> and for females, it was usually like, thank you, a hug. Back in the day, maybe they'd give you a kiss on the cheek or you would yeah. kiss them on the cheek, whatever. Like, it was all like, never thought of. You and I went up. And, I do remember. And I, I think I was like, I was like, dang, you, Erica. And I like touched your finger and touched your finger like this. And like, I didn't want to make contact with you. And you're like, and you're like, just, and then you like poked it. And you're like, Jesus Christ, that's where we're at, ladies. That's where we're fucking at in society. We're fucking Jamie Kennedy scared to finger touch my fucking finger. Welcome to fucking 2019 or I think it was 2817 or something. Was it that long ago? It was like pretty, it was like, it was like right after October. Uh, Yeah, I do remember that now. Now, very vividly. And I cried laughing in the back. 
and you killed and people I watched it and you talked about it, then you went in your set but I mean you remember that I do remember that because I remember it wasn't like it wasn't just the thing like you like you like made a gesture like you were gonna hug but yes. then you decided not to and yes. then you like almost shook my hand but then you were like that's too much so <laughs> then you just were like a finger and it was like that was so awkward and we hadn't met before so it was kind of like <laughs> So you probably also didn't know, like you didn't know me, so you didn't. You know, oh yeah. So then it was just really funny. <laughs> I mean, that's not hilarious. Yeah, that was funny, and that's ac- that's actually funny you bring that up because I'm starting to realize like what I want to work on in my act is just being much more real, and I think mm. it was so funny because it was so real. Like, yeah, you know, I think before that I might have not even addressed it because I had to just do my jokes. Yeah, and no, you always get addressed. It, yeah, what it made what made it funny was I was just like, but what did what you happened? What did you think? It's funny because I generally was I wasn't scared, yeah. but I was like wanted to make sure I didn't cross any boundaries, right? And like once that stuff started happening, and so and you, I'm so glad that you made fun of it, right? Because then you're like, listen, dude, fucking chill, all right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and like. Did you in your mind think that besides it was awkward, did you think like what this is a turning point in our society? Is this guy's overdoing it or? Yeah, because I started writing about that. I started saying like guys are being creepier now by not being creepy. Mm -hmm. You know, they're all like, I I respect you. And so then (laughs) it's even weirder because you're like, just be normal, you know? Yeah. They're overcompensating. They're like, they don't make eye contact. They're kind of like. Yeah. Yeah, so. I did a joke about that too. Yeah, we are becoming just like that different world, but same, same, di- same world, different premise of like, yeah, we by it's we're not being natural. Yeah. So and yeah, and even like just helping with stuff, like guys are scared they're <laughs> gonna offend you if they help you with their luggage. Like every time I fly now, m- women are more likely to help me with my luggage than men. You don't want to catch a case. Like, yeah. I, well, that too. Literally a case. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, now there's now they have two excuses to not help you. They're basically like it's either Corona or me too. No, I opened the door for this woman the other day and she was like, oh, I'm, I can't open the door myself. And I said, no, it's the footman. Oh and it just automatically opened. That's hilarious. It didn't happen, but I want to do that. That's joke. really funny. <laughs> right? like, no, but like, listen, it's it's. I would love your take on it and I'll be specific with you because you are, how can I say this? You're so chill, but like, <laughs> that could be like misconstrued now. Like, what does that mean? She's chill. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're, where are you from? Are you from? Austin. Mass. Wow. Okay. So but everybody thinks I'm Midwestern because I just have that vibe. Yeah. You know, but I think inside of, I'm much more Boston. And how long? Have you been doing stand-up? Not that long. I've been doing it like eight and a half years, but I was acting before that. Wow. First of all, this is incredible because you just said not that long. Eight and a half years is a long time. It is, but it's not like in stand-up world. I, listen. Yeah. I agree with you in terms of. Like how long have you been doing it? 30 years. So, well, compared to that. (laughs) Yeah, but like, I know in the last Six years, I've really gotten to the place where I'm like hitting on my my deeper cycle, right. which which I always wanted to, but I didn't know how to make it 
funny. Right. Because I really don't want to have to do jokes. I always say the comedians, we just yeah. want to spout truth and the jokes are just for the audience. So yes. you don't burn your stomach with truth. You know, it's, right. like, it's like the cheese you put on the spinach for kids to make them eat it. I know. I was watching Doug Stan, one of Doug Stanhope's uh, specials last mm-hmm. night. And he's just like ranting. Like there's no, it's like not really jokes, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's so funny because it's just like, he's just all worked up about stuff. And truth bombs. Yeah. And truth, like at least it's true to him, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So for me, I think, you know, I put in my 10,000 hours. Yeah. So, but like my road was very different. Like I was. You did acting first though. Well, no, I got known as an actor. Yeah, and then did but stand up. I did know I did stand up first. That's what that's a oh, misconception. You did? Yeah. Oh. So like the comics in the scene that know that know like Eric Griffin and Sherry Shepard and people I started with, that's what I did. I just I couldn't get anywhere and then I, I struggled for like 6 years, but I did stand up for about 5 years and literally open mics and then like once in a while a guest spot at the improv or the store or whatever. The right. store had to please allow and the Factory was the best one for me. They gave me showcase clubs because they would showcase on and they had showcase night. Right. So which they don't have now. People don't, and so all unknowns that was their night, which was cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So you were so basically you were struggling as an actor and a stand up at the same time, sort of. Well, I was like to me, a stand up, stand up, stand up is like a Your Bill thing. Hicks or like that's the really only person I can ever consider a total stand-up. And I mean, there's amazing stand-ups that I love, but in terms of he never wanted to act. But what about like Bill Burr? Bill Burr is an amazing stand-up. He's I one guess of he's the, starting to act now, huh? Yeah, no, he's a, he's our Mount Rushmore. But I mean, like, in terms of like, a lot of comics back in the day would do stand-up and act. Oh. Even Joan Rivers, you know, but Bill, Bill Hicks was like the only one. Even George Carlin acted. Do you know what, what I'm saying? What about Mitch Hedberg? He didn't act. Right? That's another one. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there, there's, they're peppered in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So to me, I was doing stand up, but my stand up is so acting heavy. I act out shit. And it was a kind of a way to get into acting. It was like people would use stand up as a showcase. Right. And then long story short, boring is that then I started getting acting work, got very busy and stopped for a few years. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Chappelle, who was starring and being in so many movies at a small club in Baltimore. I saw that he was there when I was shooting a movie, Enemy of the State. And I was like, how are you doing that? And he's like, you know, you just write in your trailer. Like, and I realized that he's, you know, obviously that's why he's one of the goats. But he was still playing this little club when he was a movie star. And I was like being treated like a star. And I'm like, I don't really need to go back to stand up. And then... Boom, I dug my heels in again, but I only had like 12 minutes. Right. So luckily people like Bob Saget and Craig Shoemaker and Rick Overton, these guys liked me and they let me open, they let me middle for them. Yeah. Yeah. So I I was known, but I had no time. And that's how I, I, I started getting all these offers for colleges, but they were harder but they were, it was good money. So my agent's like, you got to get 20 minutes. You got college offers when you only had 12 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but to be fair, not fair, but to be fair, it was those lunchtime shows. Oh, okay. So they're like, why is the dude from Scream and standing on a table doing jokes? <laughs> so I did pay some of my dues, but yeah. it, I progressed very quickly. But the clubs I played, my first headlining geek was some club outside of Massachusetts. Hardcore, like great club at B.C gangster room and i'll figure out the name of it it was like in 98 
and it was I had like 18 minutes of good shit and fucking 40 minutes of where are you from and yeah we get a pimple right on your left ball and and fucking with uh, praying for a heckler and just just telling stories about craft service and you know like oh my gosh so but so you probably improvised on your feet like from tons from the beginning so but as a true purist I wasn't, but I was just doing what everybody did. Like, you know, everyone who I love acted in comedy. And it was only after doing a couple specials and playing everywhere, colleges, corporates, clubs, overseas, big festivals, all that shit. And then I just stopped and I was like, I did my second special was on Showtime, like, I swear to God, like 800 times. And I maybe, I think, I think it decreased ticket sales. It was like, really in a weird way, because I'm going off track. But. Yeah, because they're like, well, we saw him. We can see him on TV. Yeah. So it was DVDs would make you bigger if people didn't know you. And then the clubs would be packed. Then TV and accessibility could you, and the internet clips would get you everywhere. So they were like, I got him here. I don't need him to see him. Right. And then I believe with Netflix and podcasting and social media, that changed it where, oh, I love Erica. I just saw her at Drybore. She's so funny. I got to see her in person. Right. Something happened and the connection happened. Yeah, it's weird. It's like they just want to see everything then. Yeah, well, it's like they feel they know you. Yeah. And so I feel like my ticket sales now, are, well, before the lockdown, were getting better just, I think, because of the, all this. It's weird. People have never seen me more in a weird way who like me. They still want to see you. So your fans are right. almost super. If that I makes know. Sense. It's kind of weird when they're like, oh, yeah, I watched a bunch of your clips before I came to the show. And I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> I don't have another hour. <laughs> yes. Like, so you can hear what I'm. you're going to hear again. Yes. <laughs> but all that goes back to is that you said it was only after I did comedy for a lot of different reasons. And then yeah. I started making a lot of money at it. And I was OK. But it was only in the like the last, I would say, six years that I really said, if I'm going to do it, I got to fucking buckle down and yeah. get as deep and dark as I can. And right. that's going to have to take time for me because I have a lot of baggage because of what people think of me. Right. That's why I started. So I have to, I, you know, people expect me to like start rapping or break dancing. And that's like if I want to talk about, you know, fucking, you know, <laughs> I don't know, fucking the, now I do it. Because the art, I they do it because I'm lucky enough to people want to see me and I have to respect it. And I think there's so many great comics now and all the shows are mixed with so many people. But also you don't know, like you might be making assumptions about what your audience wants. Totally. You know, like you might think, oh, they want what they've been having, but like maybe they want that all that dark stuff, you know? Oh yeah, no, it's, it's. We went off where I was going to go, but I like this. (laughs) Is that I, like, I am as deep and as dark as you want to go. I can talk all day. That's why you are here right now, because I can tell you're very much, you're just a a very deeply empathetic, connected person. But if we... thanks. Well, I just, I feel (laughs) that. You know that. Yeah, yeah. And so if I were to go on stage and start saying these truths... And it's Friday night in Tempe and it's eight o'clock and they're like, where's the fucking jokes? You know, I know this is I this is a struggle I'm having, too, because it's like you go out there and you think, well, I've got to deliver the jokes, 
But you as an artist, you're like, I want to go deeper. I want to be real. But they might not get that. So it's just a couple of anecdotes for you. Yeah. Um, is, is two people, or three people, you know. Uh, Richard Pryor, George Carlin, and Dave Chappelle. So I started reading a lot of books about these guys. And I read books even when I was doing it with Rick and stuff. Uh, God damn, what's that guy's name? Dick Gregory has an amazing book. Oh, yeah. Of how to build a joke. Mm -hmm. And I was never doing that. Like, I was already successful doing a half an hour, but I really had no, I was just lucky because I was like funny and then somehow worked it out on stage and then like a guy would help me form. But I'm not like a fucking writer, writer. You know what I mean? I'm more like an actor outer and a reactor. Yes. But that's good because at least you're connecting. You're, you're probably connecting first. Yeah, but right. I don't have, you know, but the writers would be like, man, you know. Right. My- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Dick would tell you in this book, blah, blah, blah. It's basically simple premises. When you open the door, what's surprising behind the door will be how funny your joke is or how if your character has to jump across the ravine, how wide the ravine is, is how, you know, how surprising something is, how funny a joke is, right? Then you build a joke, another joke, and another joke, and that becomes a bit. And then a bit becomes a hunk and put a couple hunks together. That's a theme. And then a theme becomes an hour. Right. And it's so it's interesting, right? And then you weed and whittle and stuff. What's that book called? The Dick Get Gregory? Uh, it's really, I'll find it for you. I'll, I'll look it up. It's great. Okay. It's a pretty, I mean, you don't need it because you're already doing it. But no, I want to start over though. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fucking basic thing of like what, what, what affects you? Yeah. How do you feel about it? Write something funny about it or say something funny about it in a recorder. But you're not going to know if, if it's funny because sometimes you think something's hilarious and it bombs and something you off the cuff and it kills. Right. And then you build it out from there. Yeah. But with all of that, uh, I forget what was, what was You were the saying the three anecdotes. Oh, yeah. So he, Richard Pryor had a bit, the first guy on the sun. I don't know if you know that. And he was like, and it was a really simple bit and it was funny. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And it was like a TV show in the late sixties. And he started making tons of money, Vegas and all this stuff. And, um, he was in Vegas and doing, you know, and he's just like, but obviously had this deep, dark, you know, personal life. And, uh, he walked off stage in the middle of like a, like the sands, and he's like, "I can't fucking do this anymore." And people are like, "What?" His agent's like, "What?" He's like, "I'm done," which is amazingly, but like you know how artists do that to try to act like they're neat. Yes, but he really he was, was a, really he, done. He was really tortured. Yeah, yeah. So just like Kurt Cobain, he was really tortured. You know? Right. And so he walked off, and I think I was always read something. It was like two years. I don't know if he did a gig or. He just said, I have to revive my whole thing. And he was successful and known. He was successful as a fun, accessible guy. And he wanted to go. They said they were trying to Bill Cosby him, which back in the day was a different meaning than it is now. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so isn't that funny? Yeah, that is really funny. So, so, so that's him. And then Chappelle, I forget. I don't know what my anecdote was with him. And then George Carlin also had something called the Hippy Dippy Weatherman. Right. And that was like, 
hey, the weather today is going to be like really groovy, like really easy, fun escapism. Yeah. He also, I know Chappelle, I remember when he was on his break and I would do cobs and I'd be like, I thought I would sell more tickets. And they're like, uh, and this was like probably oh nine, oh ten, where he was kind of in between figuring out what he's going to do. They'd be like, oh, he's at the, uh, God, what's the, it's the greatest club. That, in San Francisco? Yeah, uh, um, he's at the Punchline. Punchline. I'm like, what? They're like, Chappelle's there. It's his 12th night. I'm like, what? So he would just oh roll up gosh. and just announce a show, do two hours, build this insane act. And this wow. is before social media was blowing up. And it was incredible, right? And wow. like, so, so I believe that was his. So what I'm saying is all three of these guys had their own transformations yeah they had like a moment where they were like this isn't what i want to do and then i think they had a moment where they were like i don't care what the audience wants i've got to go deeper yeah so to answer your question and i really wanted to get your take on it because i'm talking and it's your pod is that i started this because if you and i go to the tempe improv or we go to kansas city improv or helium they're going to expect a show Right. And yeah. if they don't know, especially so if they don't know you, the pressure is you got to deliver to get booked again. Right. If they know me, the pressure is I got to give them a show or Jamie Kennedy's fucking sucks. Yeah. And not my pressure is for them to not know me the way they know me. And your pressure is for them to get to know you. Right. So it's all different. And so I always call it. I don't want to be the dinner entertainment. That's why I prefer Thursday and Sunday shows because those are yeah. the real crowds, less pressure, and that's how you grow. True. So I doing your own shit, social media pod, all that stuff will help develop your crowd in my opinion. But yeah. also those fringe end shows are the ones that are less pressure. True. And certain clubs are I've noticed are just a lot more conducive to experimentation. You know, like I did laughs in Seattle this weekend. And the um, the owners, Dave and Angela, were just like, just do whatever you want, you know? Like, like they were like, just go for, go longer and just experiment if you want. And so wow. that helps a lot when, you know, the club owners are creative people and they get the process. Were you a child model? That yeah. Weird. No, like, I was. The only reason I know that is because she posted a picture. Yeah. <laughs> hey, were you a child model? I did. I was like, well, I my first modeling gig was watering uh, watering a model bed. Was modeling a water bed. <laughs> watering a model bed is a funny image, though. Yes, a bunch of models. <laughs> yeah, so I thought, wow, the entertainment life is amazing. You know, I was five, and I modeled this water bed, and they were taking pictures, and they're like, "Ooh, she's so cute!" Ooh, you know, and pretend to sleep and everything, and. That was Wait, my first gig. I know. I saw that picture yeah. on Instagram and you're this precocious little girl, but <laughs> how did you even get involved? What was the deal? Well, my mom got me an agent when I was really young because she j- people just kept saying, you've got to get her into acting. You've got to get her into acting. I got compared a lot to young Drew Barrymore when I was little. That's great. Like all the time. Because mm-hmm. I looked like her in E.T. Totally. I can see that. So I got that. So then my mom just you know became sort of like, she attempted to be sort of a stage mom, but she's... But I was very oh. stubborn, so there were certain things I just refused to do. Like, I remember I uh, refused to audition for Zoom. There was a show called Zoom. I remember that show. And my mom and I, my mom was like, this is a great opportunity. I watched this show, and I was like, I'm not auditioning for that. <laughs> and I refused. Oh, you had demands. Yeah. So, wait, this is the late <laughs> 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And so you 
you, you didn't even want to do it. You were one of those people that were, you were discovered. I mean, I, I had sort of like a natural performance thing. Like, I think I loved performing from an early age. Mm-hmm. But my passion when I was little was ballet. I just like loved ballet and I wanted to be a professional dancer. Mm-hmm. So the acting wasn't so much my interest. And were you a killer ballet dancer? I was quite good. I was like on the A track in Boston Ballet and, you know, performed in Nutcracker every year. And I went to ballet camp and I, you know, was like really into it. This is fascinating. Pretty anorexic. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, this was, is your mom in the art scene? Yeah, she's a violinist. Oh my God. In the pops. Boston Pop. Oh my God. So you were raised very, very, you have a class. <laughs> Why, thank you. No. Wow. Well, we were, well, we were an artsy family because my dad used to play clarinet. My mom played violin. Oh. And then, yeah, so we had like a lot of that, but it was all classical music. So I joke that like comedy is sort of the only way to rebel against that upbringing because comedy is done in like, you know, dark rooms and there's like swearing and, you know, all that stuff. So. My mom did not think I'd be a, a comic. Wait, I have so much to say and I want to write it down. I just want to try to remember. This is incredible. Have you told this story? Yeah, I've told, I mean, I've told aspects of it, you know. But this is like you were raised by like an Ishtak Perlman type of <laughs> parental unit. I mean, a clarinet. Yeah, I mean, my, my and dad And a violinist. Changed. Yes, clarinet, violin. In the pops. So in the yeah. Philly pops, that was like, oh, hello, and caviar and all that. And, you know, it was like respected. Right. I, I think comedy is the most under-respected art form it of all time. It is under-respected. But it's, yeah. you know, the barrier to entry is like balls. Right. Where that is like you need, there's a pedigree. With what yeah. you're involved with. I mean, a lot of the stuff I did was like, you know, you I played cello too. So I was like practicing, you know, you'd practice that eight hours a day. Ballet, you do, you know, you do lessons every, or you do classes every day. So wait, pushed so, into it or you wanted to do it? Um, I don't think I was pushed into ballet. I think acting, I wasn't pushed into acting, but I think acting was a little bit of a like, you know, push pull thing. Cause I, I liked acting, but I didn't like doing everything. Like I hated auditions and you had taste. Yeah. I kind of, yeah. I was sort of snobby. I was like, I don't want to do this. I will do that. But it makes <laughs> sense because of how you were raised. You were raised with curators. Yeah, kind of. And it, it was opposite of a lot of people where they're like, my parents didn't understand the arts. And I'm like, yeah, my parents understood them too much. You know, like it was like too much about the arts. Is there anyone in our business that had a similar upbringing that you know of? That's a really good question. Um, is is there someone with like, you know, do you mean like... And that you well, know on our circuit that had... Well, there are probably people who had like director parents and things like that, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. people who had parents who were actors or directors, don't you think? Mm-hmm. But when I think of comedy, I would never think of your background. Really? No, and this is why I'm going to really ask you a lot of questions now. So wait, did you grow up uh, with money, not money? Um, We were like poor middle class, you know, like, well, we lived in a nice neighborhood, which is Newton, Mass. And like a lot of comics are from there for whatever reason, like BJ Novak's from there. Um, Louis C.K. was from there. Uh, John Krasinski. Krasinski, Krasinski, yeah. Um, Matt LeBlanc. um, Wow. Like a lot of comedy people. Was it an arty town? Kind of. I mean, they're very um, competitive 
uh, with school, like the schools are really good. So they have good, you know, art programs and theater programs and stuff. So that might be part of it. So I'm trying to think like it was by like, was it like by like, I mean, Massachusetts is per capita the greatest schools in the world, right? The hardest, most elite school. So was it in yeah. that area? Was it by BU? It was, was by it BC. BC, okay. Near BC. Which is the easiest one to get into. I went to BU for a year. Okay, yeah. And I dropped out. You did? Yeah. I'm always, fa- okay, these stories are fascinating. Of somebody who really started young and still tried to go to college. Well, I didn't, I was a music major. I was a cello major in college. At BU? Yeah. Where it's not going to probably be as, I mean, appreciated as it would be, I would think, at like Harvard or somewhere. Well, Harvard, you're not... Well, the music school's probably better at BU, actually. Than really? Harvard. Okay. Well, in some ways, yeah. Yeah, because they're no, kind of known for their... They or NYU. NYU, BU, probably similar. Similar, okay. Yeah. But then I went to acting school in, in New York. Where'd you go? Atlantic Theater Conservatory, which is like David Mamet's school. Jesus Christ. So you... What <laughs> I'm seeing is... You, here's what's... Okay. So you... How long did you do ballet? Till I was 16 and then I quit suddenly and like abruptly. I just completely quit. You started at how long? At what age? Six or eight? Um, probably like five. So you like 11 years. Yeah. Quit. Hardcore. Hardcore. You quit your burnout. Yeah, it was a burnout at 16. Because <laughs> I, I realized I wasn't going to be the best at it. Like there was one girl who was way better than I was. And I was like, I'm never going to be better than Sophie. And then I was like, what's the point if I'm not going to be the best one? And then I quit. I have so much to say on this, but I just, I'm trying to keep my thoughts because (laughs) like people ask me like, why I didn't start stuff in New York. And I just said, because LA has an easier barrier to entry. And what I mean by that is I know women in New York that are just dancers. Right. And I'm not yeah. even saying ballet, but they're, I don't know, I guess they'd be considered like jazz, but not like, yeah, like I, like modern, I love hip. modern ballet. Yeah. Like I love hip hop and all that stuff, but I'm talking like eight hours a day, toe point, toe point, yes. first, third, all of that. Yeah. And they're fucking insane yeah. and they're fucking hucking chili burgers on 42nd street at like, you know, BJ's fucking tap room. And They would go in six calls a day. And if they got like the second line in like Starlight Express, it was like, (sighs) oh, man, we made like and I'm like, I'm like, girl, you're beautiful. You're so talented. You can sing. But they had this affinity for the boards. And there's a real um, how can I say there's and this is I remember this because there's so what do you mean the boards? Theater. Oh, theater, they, they right. Love to, yes. There are people that just love to walk the boards. And there's an integrity. They have something called integrity. And I'm like, you could go to L.A. You could start auditioning. You're so funny. You could yeah. fucking get a guest spot on Two and a Half Men or something. She's like, I guess. But like to be like the third line in Cats and then work my way up and then get in the traveling group. And like there's a ton of these people that are, and men too, that are so... They're fit. They're talented. Years of training. And they never really blow up. And I'm always fascinated by that because I'm like, you can do it. You're a move away. 
And I feel like they're under, there's a, a whole ecosystem of super talented, unused people. And it seems well, like you I were in that right. world. You're right about New York because they they have sort of this snobby perspective about L.A. Like everyone in L.A. is fake and, you know, you're a sellout if you go to L.A. But I don't think they realize that they'll really stand out in L.A. if they actually have real skill. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible they would stand out. And, and I guess what I'm saying is like you did all the hard stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then you went into more hard stuff. <laughs> so I believe yeah. all that training will accelerate you and has probably accelerated your journey because of that. Yeah. Stage presence and discipline and you're already raised in the arts it's in your blood but right to go into comedy which literally is like an open mic thing ever yeah i don't know if it's harder than ballet the thing about ballet is this though you'll tell me because i took some classes yeah yeah i always want to be (laughs) well-rounded but at least you have an exercise and hit hit and hit and hit and hit you know true comedy there's no instruction well that's what i think i like about comedy like i think i was i always felt stuck with acting music and ballet you're being told what to do. Like you're just a pawn in someone else's vision. You know, you're just kind of like, oh, someone else has this vision or someone else wrote this con- um, or this um, piece, you know, years and years ago. Now we're just playing it or, you know, now we're just dancing it. And, and comedy, you're creating something from nothing, which that's what I like about it. Yes. No, that I love. But yeah. what I'm saying is that there was a fucking great gymnast, but let's just... Oh, God, I forget his name. Mitch Gaylord. So I equate it like this, and this is my brain. Yeah. You're like a Mitch Gaylord type, and but you're not because you came to the other side. And what I mean by that is <laughs> I know people that don't do any of that shit but are just animals and, you know, on the simplest level have blown up in the reality right. space making millions and millions tens of millions okay wait, wait when you say reality space do you meaning mean like, like a reality show oh or when that's popping right and here you know here's you or someone like mitch gaylord i think he won a bunch of golds in the 80s and he can just do these incredible things with his body and tumbling and pommel horse and like you know yeah. the hardest physical your whole life you're a gymnast and it's it's all you do eat sleep blah, blah, blah. yeah and I would always look at that in my head and I'd go, this is incredible. But where's the money in it? Right. And I feel like a lot of these people get fucked yeah. because they're, they're experts in what they do. But where's the fuck? Like, that's what I'm saying. These people in New York are so good. But where's but the money? That's why I think the money is in creation. Like if you create stuff. That's where people, that's what people really value. A thousand percent. So that's what I'm saying is they already have the, what I'm saying is you're doing it correctly. You have this hardcore base that most people will not have. Yeah. And now you're going to say, fuck it. I'm going to create and own my shit. Right. But it's crazy. A lot of people will still be in that pawn game. And I'm like, you're just this super high end pawn. It's interesting because then you kind of think, well, what, what is an artist? Like, is an artist someone who's just sort of like a pawn in someone else's vision or is an artist someone who has to be the creator of the vision? You know, that's a great question. And I'm going to tell you, it's definitely the second. (laughs) Yeah, maybe the artist is somebody has to create something and art is, they say subjective, but art is art to me. The Kardashians are art. 
You can call it pop art. You can call yeah. it whatever type of art. That's n- no less it. art to me than the Irishman. It's just a different type. It's just a different thing. And it's the people that are too snooty that don't want people in. But but that's an interesting quandary because my mom and I were watching that documentary about the when they were faking the art. You, um, what is that called? Made You Look? Yeah. Have you seen that? I heard of it. On Netflix? I, th- I haven't looked yet. And she, my mom was cracking me up because she kept looking at these pieces of art. And she's like, well, anyone could copy that. Yeah. She's like, of course they're copying it. It's two colors of squares, you know, because they're all modern art. So then you're, then the question is, well, you know, it's art to some people, but it might not be art to other people if it's so easily replicated. Yeah, but what is art, right? Like to me, to me, real, a good artist is somebody who can really draw and has layers and textures. But some of these great painters, no offense, it's not, it doesn't look like it's that hard to do, but right. pop art fucks with people's brain. And you have True. to give Warhol the credit. Oh, yeah. He yeah. made a joke of it. It was meta. He was like, take this popular thing, Campbell's soup, boop, 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 and he called it art and people fell for it. Right. And you know, in, in, at last year in, um, oh, what's the thing in December? You, It's in Miami every year. Comic? No. No, it's, um, uh, I forget. What's in Miami? It's a the, the huge art, art battle. Oh. oh, right, right. You know about the guy that put the banana in the in the frame yes and he sold it for like one hundred thirty eight thousand dollars, and that was it your mother would go crazy for that yeah and then somebody pulled it out and ate it and then they got mad at the girl and then she said no that was performance art on top of his pop art (laughs) (laughs) right so (laughs) i know that's hilarious it's all subjective but to me real art (laughs) is like people that can actually fucking draw Right. But, but then but then you could just say that art is creation. I think so art is then, creation. I don't mean real art is that. I mean yeah. you can see you can see a, dis- a definable talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but then, you know, but then like actors and and musicians are artists, it's just that they're not creators. So if they're not creating something out of nothing, you know, unless then it's just super competitive. Then you have to be the best cellist in the world to make a lot of money. Yes. You know, like you have to be so good at it. But there are like, okay, so, but there are, for instance, though, there are people that, uh, God, I haven't even asked you all the stuff I want to ask you. We went down, <laughs> but this is good. I know. Sorry, we went down. This is, there are, there are people, let's say like middle managers. Right. And like Walmart worked their way up and they're like, oh, I'm a fucking, I got two stores. And they're happy and they're safe. Yeah. You have to think of that. There's middle managers in art. Right. Like you ever hear an right. act, you ever hear an actor say, man, if I could just get it on a three camera. Right. Which is a sitcom. It's the greatest job in show business. I got my weekends and yes. it's like, and that always shit rubbed me the wrong way because it's like, okay, yeah, you can do that. But what are you here for? Right. Like, well, I think that's a question most people don't like spend time agonizing over is like, what do I really want to do? Yeah. Or what do I want to say? And do you feel that you're in that place? I'm in like an agonizing place. Yeah. So wait, there's just so much to go back to. So you're this child model. Were you a prodigy ballet? No, no, because I wasn't flexible. So that was the problem. You know, like my leg couldn't, I couldn't get my leg up and I, I used to sit in splits I really did. I used to sit in splits for like two hours while doing my homework. I would sit in a split because I had to get more flexible. But that's your body. You know, your body's either really flexible or not. And you can work on it. R.I.P. to your DMs. 
What's that? Your direct messages. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You just announced to the world. I used I to be sit. really flexible. <laughs> I, used to, I used to sit in splits. <laughs> um, too much? Uh, that was a long time ago. A long time. So wait, so, yeah, and I agree with you. There's just natural and there's not natural. Yeah, like, the, you know. But so you're also a cellist. Yeah. So anyway, that's an incredible... You were taking on two massive, massive And then things. I started on radio, you know. I did um, the radio show, A Prairie Home Companion, which is like an NPR radio show. And I did that when I was 10. So I did that my whole life, too. For how long? My Like um, 20 years or so. What does that even mean? It was I know The Prairie Home Companion is. Yeah, that's what it was. So it was like a live sh- you know, show. We would do like skits and stuff. Once a week? Um, I wasn't a regular, but I, was, I would be like a guest on it. NPR, mm-hmm. you have such pedigree. <laughs> like you have such pedigree. Yeah, I have a lot of different things. It's just that like none of them blew, you know, not a single one of them was the thing. Are you Gemini? So, no. That's what I am. You are? What When's are you? your birthday? May 25th. Okay, I'm, I'm Aries. You just had it? Yeah. Okay, there's so much. So... <laughs> How did you even get into comedy and why did you do it? When, well, when I think did you the radio modeling? show was the closest thing because, you know, Prairie and Companion was comedy. And so I'd get a lot of laughs on that, even from an early age. And then he had me start writing my own um, sort of sketches. At, like at one point it was like a Dear Diary thing. So I would just be like, Dear Diary, today I did blah, blah, blah. And I would use my real life experiences in those skits. So later on I looked back and I was like, oh, that was sort of stand up. It was just like a weird version of it, mm-hmm. you know, it was more like a monologue, but it was kind of stand up because I would write it myself. Well, were you a fan of stand up? No, I mean, I didn't, I barely knew much stand up at all. And I, you were born in the Mecca. In Boston. I know. I once met, um, who did I meet? Who told me a comic told me that I should lie and say I started in Boston because people would respect me more. They're like, well, it's just a, say you started in Boston. I would say, I think it might be the, the most respected place of comedy to start comedy yeah yeah the, like you know 20 greats may have come out of there i know incredible like you know past and present you know i should have started earlier but it just took me a long time you but, know well how old were you when you started or you, you i thought, was you, like yeah well, well it was in my late you, 20s why did you start because the acting was not working at all and my manager who represents like a lot of really good comics was like i could see you doing stand-up and so I sort of started, but I was, it was out of frustration. It was like the act, you know, I need. Which is good. I, yeah. That's I was, how you should start. got angry and I was like, I need. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you're saying this. Did you all came the, out of anger. <laughs> if you trust my opinion or not, it's all, yeah. the, all the right reasons. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. I was like, I can't just wait around for an audition. Perfect. I need to express myself. Perfect. You know. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm going to ask you some questions about the other angle of that. But yeah, yeah. I was, I was it, only, was, it was anger. It was the only thing I had. Yeah. And it was the only thing that welcomed me. Like, even though it doesn't want you, if you do well, it welcomes you. Yeah. It took me a while to do well. And I, I was definitely an outsider in the beginning. They were like, who is this wannabe actress, wannabe comic? You know, they didn't. Who's saying that to you, though? Well, the, it was just sort of like the vibe. It was that, a vibe. That's I what's thought. annoying. But yeah. it's like, are they successful? Are no, they no, no. good? No, no, no. That was like in the open mic era. I know. You I know? hate that. That was when they the were just like. most judgmental mental people are that. And my, But my manager luckily told me, he's like, listen, there's going to be a lot of guys in the open mic scene. 
trying to give you advice like they know everything and he's like you're gonna just go past them so fast and he's like just don't listen to any of them wait a minute who's your manager his name's bruce smith over at uh, omnipop yeah okay so and you got with bruce when before i started stand up so like i've been with him nine years now and when did you where did you start in new york or la la so you moved to la when like 15 years ago. <laughs> it's embarrassing now. I'm like, yeah, I'm still. No, to be yeah. an actress. Yeah, to be an actress. So like 05-ish, 6-ish. Yeah, or maybe it was 07. And did you have Bruce then? No. And then you got, you got him kind of right away. Or no, you got a couple um, years No, later. it was like six years of like doing really weird acting jobs. You know, like I did a web series before any web series really existed. You know, it was like a, it was like a web, the web era. When things started. Yes, Webbies. I did a Yeah, couple, Webbies. I did a couple. I presented at the Webbies a few times. Oh, my God. Wait, so, okay, obviously, Bruce is, you know, a legend. presented at the Webbies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Do you know what my first joke was? What? My first joke was, as I'm, and I think it was like 2014, and I think I, 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 I think, no, I didn't present with Jenna Marbles, but I wanted to, but I they took a picture with Jenna because I was like, at the time she was like the number one person on YouTube. Which one did she do? Jenna was like the first. The girl one or the She was, she would just do these skits. I don't, lonely girl? There was like that the lonely, lonely girl. was before she Jenna. She was huge. Okay. She was huge. Yeah, she was huge. Um, she was after Star Wars kid, but my, my joke was I'm presenting and it was this big thing, the Palladium. It was like, oh, wow. Yeah, it was like seven years ago, and it was like starting to blow up. And I said, I'm presenting here at the Webbies. I go, I guess my career is buffering. <laughs> and like, that's a, great. A huge laugh from like people like you, like, yeah. In, in it. And then like a lot of like just the webheads, like, you're lucky to be here. Like, right. <laughs> so they did, but like, but buffering is such a clever word, you know, because yeah. it's like internet. Yeah. I mean, but. It was clever, but then they became huge. But at, at the time, it was like the beginning of the Webbies. Oh my god, that's so funny! I think they became the Streamies. Yeah, didn't they? Yeah, they, yeah, they became <laughs> the Streamies. Webby sounds so dorky. Yeah, I think you're right. They became a Streamy. Oh my gosh! So now wait. So you here's what I'm saying. So so obviously Bruce was right because Bruce is a legend. He has so many people. Yeah, he's great. So he put you in open he, mic circuit. Yeah, he, like, would help me get, you know, little sets at, like, flappers and, you know, and I would bomb so bad. Just, like, silence. Yeah. And I had no idea what I was, what I was doing wrong because I was like, I wrote these jokes. They're clever jokes. You know, I'm, I'm doing a good, I memorized them. What's wrong? What's missing? Now, do you like doing stand-up? Yeah, I love it. Do you like it out of all your art forms? Yeah. Now, people yeah. would probably wonder why I asked that question. Yeah, why did you? <laughs> do some people, you think some people do it who don't like doing it? I mean, you're looking at one of them. Oh. Not all the time. Well, I don't always like, I mean, there are days when I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this is painful, you it, know? It, it's, it can be painful. I don't want to do these jokes. Like, lately on the road, that's why I'm telling you I'm having that, like, that moment of I've got to figure something out. Because lately on the road, I'm like, I can't do these jokes anymore. My openers are probably like, this girl is so annoying. Because every time I'm just like, I can't do this. I can't do these jokes. I fuck. <laughs> I fucking hate that too. I hate that feeling. 
And then you'll have two new jokes. You'll be like, I have two new jokes. I'm going to open with those. And then you're like all excited and you do them and you feel so good because you're like, I've got new stuff. And then the rest of the set is like, like as you lose your enthusiasm. What do you want to achieve with comedy? Um, I just really want to like get, I want to get to that place. Like we're talking about, like I want to get to a very real authentic place, you know? And like not, and, and I like the dark stuff. Like you were saying, I like dark. I like stuff where it's like, Oh, are like, can we laugh at that? We're not sure. And I like questioning, you know, I like to question things. I like, I'm like a curious person about the human brain and how people think. So I let, you know, I like the stuff that it's made of. I just, I want to go deeper than what I've been doing. And what kind of success do you want? Do you want to tour arenas? Would you be happy doing theaters? I think I'd be happy doing theaters, honestly. And just putting out like a hipster, you know, you know, special, or do you want to go mainstream Netflix do I don't you, think I'm so concerned right now about like where it do, is. Just I just do. I want to feel good about what I'm doing. Like I want to feel like it's real and that it connects to people on like a deeper level and not just the surfacey. Like, like I feel like what I'm getting right now are those like polite laughs. Like I feel like I can hear it and it drives me crazy. So then I go into crowd work because I'm like I can't do a whole set with those polite laughs. I can't do the like ha 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 ha. You know, (laughs) like I want like a real, I want people to be like, whoa. And I had one new joke like that this recently that I got the right kind of laugh. And I'm like, it's such a different, Mm -hmm. the right laugh is so different. You really are. (laughs) Into stand up. No, you're a really tortured artist. (laughs) You are. It's beautiful. Like you really are living the life of. Torture and pain. Yeah, you are. You are. Yeah. And it's funny because it's all wrapped up in this cute little bow. I know. Well, that's people don't see it because, yeah, they just look at, oh, she looks sweet. And I so, know. So that's my problem is then they then I think my act has been catering too much to what people expect. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I'm being what they expect. And I'm like, but that's not who I really am. No. And when you do something that is, quote unquote, dark, which I don't think it is dark. I think it's just it is. Yeah. You. It does never feels forced. Right. And that's what's beautiful. It's like there's people yeah. that try to do shocking things and you don't. You just say what, what, it, what it's actually really happening. Right. In your life. And it's so it feels authentic. Now it's a matter yeah. of people can stomach it. It's not your fault. Right. Yeah. And like also not censoring myself, like saying what I really want to say. Like I think we all kind of feel like. No, there, there, there are comics how can I say this? Walk this edge that <laughs> because of they look a certain way, mm-hmm. want to play against that grain. And right. so that you can feel the, at times, inauthentic move to do that. So to yeah. take the name, to take the onus off the looks or yes. potential sexual appeal or whatever. Right. Right. And just hit you with something opposite. But you are who you are. And it's natural. But if you say something shocking, you're not trying. Right. It's probably really how I think. Yes. But it feel, but, and then, and so you, 
you're very comfortable with how you look. I mean, you seem like you are on stage and how you feel and how you be. Yeah, except that I feel that I'm cater. I've been catering too much to that. You know, I feel like I've pre- been presenting as persona a little bit. And what's that? What's the persona? Of like, oh, you know, smiling and like, I'm happy to be here. Cutie and, patootie. Yeah, cu- yeah, going into the cutie patootie. Can I say that? We canceled for that. <laughs> the cuter sense. Yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of like sick of being, like, I think you hit an age where you're like, cute is not really respected like you know like no one no one's like oh she's so cute like she's like really good you know they're not like they're just like oh she's cute she's not a threat she's like sweet and I'm like that's not really when people know me they're not like oh she's so sweet they're kind of like eh, she's yeah can be tough to be around (laughs) are you tough to be around if you know me well I'm very much um like I need a lot of alone time and like I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we were both alone right now doing this podcast, <laughs> but still doing it somehow. How is that tough to be around? That's good. Well, maybe, maybe what I mean is I have trouble being around other people. Maybe that's what I mean. You know, cause, cause they annoy you. Yeah. I get annoyed pretty easily. People are gen- because people are generally not that intelligent. That too. Do you find, do you find that? Yeah. Yeah. I find we're not funny. Now, <laughs> that is the biggest problem we have right now in this world. Yes, is that the simple ways to say is that a lot of people just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, you can tell by if you ask a question on Twitter, how many people actually answer literally yes. the question. Yes, like I'm not asking you the question. This is a joke yep. that looks like a question. People have no idea of sarcasm. No, at all. And the thing is, like, do you know how I know that you're so good? And it's because you laugh. Oh, God, I love that you laugh. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you, comics that are really good and I really love, and you'll love them too, laugh. Really? Yeah, like, like. That's so interesting. You would think it wouldn't be the case. No, but you know when you see like a comic that doesn't laugh and it's like, come on, man, you're not going to fucking laugh. Like, right. Like, but like, I just remember Janine Garofalo, like to me, like she always had this presence of like this tough, you know, hardcore comic and she was, she's hilarious. Yeah. But boy, if you made her laugh, she would, she would oh, that's so cool. And it would make me feel good, you know, but like, cause she's a tough cookie, but when she laughs, she laughs, you know, Sarah Silverman loves to laugh. Yeah. You know, so it's like people, you know, Burr, I, he laughs a lot. So it's like, it's, it's That's just, interesting. And so you're a, you're a laugher. So that yeah, means you appreciate like, comedy, but also yeah. you like to create comedy. And I want people to be funny. Like yes. I always want them to make me laugh. Yes. And I mean, you know. I love to laugh. You know, if somebody makes me laugh, I'm going to fucking laugh. And it's also a way to not have defenses because when you're laughing, you're not trying. And I feel like sometimes when people are, it's like they're trying to keep it together. Like it's uncool to laugh. And there's more, but I'm going to have to have you back. Okay. But this is. I don't think we even brought up my special yet. I know. (laughs) Which is fine. Hasn't this been great so far? It's been great because it doesn't feel like a. Wait, were you supposed? Were we supposed to do a press tour? Jesus Christ! I was like, you want to do the come to the garage? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> I just invited her to my garage, and it happened to pod. See, that's the thing. See, this is what you can get away with when you're an actor. That's the problem. Bringing women in the garage, Bring, just inviting strangers in your garage, and being like, it's a podcast. Exactly. By the way, <laughs> I'm going to close the me, door. <laughs> let me ask you this: 
I gotta tell you this. Don't scream. No. I gotta. I have to tell you this. There's two. I. It's so funny because these stupid boundaries, which I would never have. Yeah. Not in a. I would have boundaries, but I wouldn't have like boundaries of like I wouldn't think because I. It's like I'm not coming from a place of ill intent. Right. With anything. Like, yeah. So if if people. See fucked up shit. They have to mm-hmm. understand it's their brain that's projecting that onto somebody. Yeah. Unless somebody's actually doing fucked up shit. True. So it's like if I like, uh, like I used to do this at night, and I'd people, oh. but I didn't think it was weird. Right. And I would be at a club, and a, a, a female comic would be like, "Hey, I want to come to you." And it would come over, and I was I don't really I haven't drank in a while. Yeah. Doesn't mean I don't want to, but I just healthier. Yeah. And then have a little wine. Nothing ever happened. Yeah. You know, but like yeah. it was comfortable. And I thought, I guess that and now it's like, I don't know if I would do that again. Yeah. It's like, it has to be daylight out. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, but it's weird because there's no ill intent in my heart. Right. And so it's like, also like, just like tech. It was so funny. There was a, a male comic who I was DMing with and I don't really know that well. And I DM them and they give me line back right away. And, and then I was gonna DM them again. And, um, <laughs> people were like, um, if you DM again, it's like one thirty. this is becoming like a booty call. I'm like, no, we're just talking comedy. But I thought, and oh I got insecure. Gosh. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. But like, I wouldn't think of anything of DMing somebody at one thirty yeah. a.m. on do my pod or one forty five. but a female comic might, I might not do that now. I probably wouldn't do that. Right. Even though I get DMs all hours of the night from people. Right. But right, yeah. I bet you pop if it was like, hey, you want to do my pod and nothing else at one fifteen. I don't think you would think it's weird. No, and you probably answer comics, back. Yeah, especially because comics are weird hours. Like exactly. I think even when we were messaging, I don't know, we we would message at weird hours. I always message at weird hours. Thank you. Yeah, but going back to that is that going back to what? Well, men. <laughs> oh yeah, and all of this stuff. It's becoming a Me Too podcast. I know. Better delete the whole thing and then we start over. Just kidding. So you, do you, have you had problems? Have I had problems? Mm -hmm. With men? Well, I've had some women on here and they told me some interesting stories. Jody had a great story about going on the road. And I, this is, I never really heard that one. I heard of like guys like, you know, (laughs) wanting the, if you're on the road all weekend, you know, hoping something happens maybe, but I never heard of like. Jody goes and is like, oh, I forgot to tell you. And like, about to get to the hotel. There's only one room. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't had any of that. And so. No. So do you feel, do you feel safe on the circuit? Yeah. I mean, as far as I know, I feel pretty safe. I There was one time, like, yeah, like even, you know, I'm friends with Ian Bag, And like, we, I opened for him once. And it was, we didn't know it was going to be an Airbnb. And then immediately he was like, are you comfortable with this? You know, like he was so, so nice. He's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. He's like, are you okay? Like I can get you a hotel. Usually you know, the funniest people rooms. are. Yeah. He was super sweet. And I was like, no, like it's totally cool, you know, but he was overly worried about it. Yes. So, so he was like, I want you to sleep right on top of me. Yeah, he's like, okay. And now we will make out. It's a joke. These are jokes, people. But so like, what but I'm actually, saying is. I haven't really. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, I've had like, obviously people flirt with me a little, you know, I've had comics who are like flirty, but it's never, they never cross a line. And do you anything. dabble in the pool? Well, I dated a comic for a bit okay. and that ended up being a disaster because he was sort of competitive and it was an issue. 
you know? It sounds like you have a lot of these. Yeah, I've not attracted the right people. <laughs> now, I think I know who that is, and I'm going to edit that part out because... Oh, really? You know who it is? I did hear that rumor. So, wait. How did you hear Girl, the street squawk. Streets. Oh, my God. But that was a while ago. It was a while ago. Years ago. He was actually more stealth about it because I never heard. I heard it from someone else vaguely. I never heard it from him or any dude. We were both really, like, quiet about it. Which is. I think it's good. I think it's healthy. Yeah. But here's what's crazy is that. When I started, when we're talking yeah. about when we're doing it, yeah, I always do this. I say, do you know who the, the most, the cutest, youngest female comic was on the circuit? Who? Me. <laughs> like, I was 20 and 21, <laughs> but there was, comedy was a freak show. Right. Everything was like the archetype, like the lesbian in the vest, the angry yeah. black dude, the fat Mexican yeah. guy, you know, like, like archetypes. Right. And like, you know, the ghetto black man, you know, the, the goofy young, you know, stupid. What? I don't even know. I was like, I was like dumb. Like that was my right. beginning. Like people thought I was like dumb. So I played into it. Yeah. Yeah. Now comedy became like sexy since like 2016 and like mm. there's just more beautiful people in it do you agree with that like yeah men probably and women? yeah probably and yeah I, I, listen it's kind of weird well, right well You're like well i'll tell you this yeah back in the day it is very weird and there's so much to say to it and this is what i really wanted to ask you and jesus this is going to be a marathon maybe, maybe a two-parter is that um you got me on a good day where i got so much shit done that i had time for you Aww. and i wanted to because i've been wanting to really talk to you yeah is that when I started, it was a freak show. It was like last house on the left. It's the only thing you had. And there was no barrier to entry. And there was like some sexy, like wild women on the circuit. But they were all older milfs. They uh-huh. were dipping their toe in or wild. And they were funny at the dinner party. Like they should have probably been on Housewives, but that didn't exist. And, you know, and I was like this, you know, younger thing. And so, you know, there might have been a few liaisons. liaisons. Uh, and, and, but like. It was like after two or three, you know, it was like, I was like vowed. It was like, you just never, but I was, there was more in the open mic circuit. I vowed never to mess around with the comic. Right. And, and then you, you know, did some movies and TV and stuff and you, you date actresses. And then eventually yeah. you're like, I'm never going to mess around with an actress. And you're like, yeah. please just find me a candle maker, you know, but, <laughs> I know. but so it's like. But it's what we do. It's our space. It's intimate. Who you meet. You're so, yeah. Four hours in a comedy club with somebody is probably with more couples in two years to get to know each other. It's very raw. Yeah. And, but I was like, yo, uh, female comics are fucking, don't fuck with them. They're crazy. But, you know, male comics are crazy too. Yeah. But there wasn't a lot of options. But now I feel like it's a goddamn fucking fashion show. I mean, people are fucking men and women. Yeah. There's a lot of beautiful men and women. I mean, I I really want to say there's a lot of beautiful women, but I'll get in trouble. So I have to say both, but you'll also back it up. There are beautiful people. Yes. Yes. And it's like, and I am actually in in this environment. I'm like, you know, I'm like, how you doing? Like, and it's like, but what I want to know, this is so good we can edit this out. I want to know is how do you fucking feel when said hot person posts something hot with no comedy in it? You mean like any comic? <sighs> just this stuff on Instagram where it's like they don't want to be sexualized, but they post yeah. something so sexual. And I'm like, but you're claiming you're a comic. Put, please put the joke on. 
Right. Please put the joke on. And like, you know, am I allowed to say this? Like, you're a very beautiful person. Oh, thanks. And I believe you heard that. You were a model. So clearly. When I was five. But you were, a, you, were you probably could. And that sounds weird. Edit. You probably, <laughs> but you could have modeled into your, into your 20s. Mm, I don't think so. Okay. No. Do you think you're very pretty? I have a very low self-esteem. Okay. Well, you're so, very yeah. pretty. Thank okay. you. Some days I feel. You think you have appeal? You do. Sometimes. Okay. Well, I'm sure. Once in a while. I'm sure that you. I'm working on get it. Get a lot of attention. Okay. Well, you should know that you're wonderful. <laughs> oh, and, thanks. And so that being said is that you don't use that at all. Like you go on stage, you're like, oh, God, dare I say this? It's like, you're not even talking about it. Like, like, like Liza, very pretty woman hilarious comic but never uses her sexuality you never yeah. use your sexuality and so there will be people out there that will use their sexuality right and then there are people that won't and i love uh, you thought you should do whatever you want but i, I love I the fact that you go up and you're like joke first you know everything else if it's there god bless you right and, but you don't go out of your way to look frumpy and, right. But you don't go out of your way to look. Sometimes I look, I, sometimes I think I just don't know what looks good. You know, <laughs> like it's just not knowing. So some days I feel like, oh yeah, that was a good outfit. And then some days so I'll see a photo and I'm like, what was I wearing? Like, what was that choice? Well, well it's like if, if you are an attractive, I'm going to say female on yeah. stage, you guys are going to look at that. They're going to feel right. some type of way. And yeah. then if you make a, gar a person laugh like you do, then it's going to be like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? So it's going to yeah. be a win-win. But at first, they're going to look at you like, oh, she's, she's fucking pretty. What's up? That's you know, funny. It's so funny because I really, I guess I just don't see myself that way, you know? And that's like, okay. Yeah. But I'm working on that. But I'm also kind of like, the reason I probably don't lead with it is I don't like feel that way you know I feel kind of like just I feel kind of like a chill girl next door type which but which are obviously very attractive that's what a lot sometimes. of sometimes <laughs> I'm trying not to get in trouble here but <laughs> so my question is because you said it's weird now what I think it's weird but what mm -hmm. do you mean when you say it's weird all these attractive comedians oh that um and I understand what you're saying, but I want you to say it. Oh, well, I guess the reason I think that's a little weird is because comedy used to be like for sort of people who felt like underdogs in different ways. It wasn't always like an attractive thing, but to see someone who looks like they've got everything together, it's kind of like it's harder for them to be funny, I think, immediately because they look like what do they have to complain about? Right. Like, well, it was it wasn't like a sometimes it was always you were being you were being kind it was always the last choice on the left when i say the last house on the left it's comedy was like i didn't want to be a comic right i had nothing else yeah and it was like the thing that i would do and i would get hit over the head and i would bomb and i would go back to this masochistic thing but just delusion of one just a snicker from some poet in the back in a Venice open mic or just one comic going, hey, that one thing you did, that was kind of funny. I'm like, yes, like I'm so delusional. Right. And I needed some type of affirmation that I kept doing it. And then, mm -hmm. you know, but the general pop thought they would always say, uh, you're weird. And so that meant go into this. 
So you're saying if yeah. somebody's really pretty and they're getting hit on all day and they don't have to use their personality as much because their looks and our society the way it is, why no. would you do that? Right. I have my theories of which I've heard from other people, females mostly, have told yeah. me about said people. The social media, the attention. Do you feel it's right. that? That's, that's there's some, more attractive people doing well, no, it. Be, because, yes, because well, of social media makes you. It's like, oh, I did something and I was, I got some fake laugh on my Instagram, and then oh, so I'm, maybe I'm fucking funny. Well, don't you also think that more people in general are doing it? So in general, you're going to have more of every yes. every category because more people are doing it. So. Yes. You're probably just noticing the attractive people. You're like, you're like, wow, there's so many hot people, but really there's just more comics in general. Yes, I would say that. Maybe. And which I think is good. And yeah. there's no barrier to entry and, and and there's it's a wonderful art form and everyone should yeah. do whatever they feel. But I think you should have to feel not attractive to do it, even if you are attractive. <laughs> you shouldn't be like, I'm so hot and then I'm also funny and I'm also got like to me I never connect with people who who have that sort of confidence. Like if they're saying they're so hot and they're really funny, then they, well, that's true. Then, then good for them. But if they're saying that, but there's nothing funny, then yeah. Yeah. But there's just, there's something happening in social media. Yeah. I can see what you're saying. That's almost disrespectful to the art form. And I'll figure out how to edit this part. Well, what I think what you're saying is there's a different, there different kinds of comics there's the comics who are really doing the road and like honing their craft and then their comics are like i'm gonna dabble in comedy and be a tiktok star or something and because i can gain traction being somewhat funny but having these hot photos i know what you're saying um i think that the thing that i notice is just that everyone's a hypocrite online like yes. we all are just putting out there what we want people to think we are and so that's the problem with all of it. But it's not just comedy. It's like everything. Everyone's putting out this false persona online. So. Good right? save. <laughs> you are such a scaredy cat. I'll edit it. I'm the one that would catch the heat, not you. Okay. I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, don't like. Like Elaine Boozler. Like, be funny or El not be funny. Elaine you know? Boozler was like. What you're saying is what comedy used to be. Like, she was like a big, loud, wild woman, you know? I think she's attractive, but she wasn't like a typical, like... But now, like, there's like Victoria's Secret models doing comedy. And they should. You should do whatever you want. But, like... Yeah, I don't really... Well, it's you know, grind. I have seen... Okay, I have seen some... Um, I've seen Instagram people that say they're comic. Yeah. And then I look at their thing and... There's not one photo of doing comedy. They're on a beach. They're in a bathing suit in almost every photo. And I'm like, where, wh how are you a comic? Where's yeah, the, co like, you don't even have one photo of a mic, like holding a mic. It's disrespectful to the art form. It kind of is. No, I agree. It definitely is. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, like, in order to be a comic, you gotta, like, be doing these clubs, you know? Yeah, like, I, I don't have... I guess what I'm saying is I like you're someone who points out hypocrisy and you kind of did, but you didn't want to go there and that's okay. Is that this It's like, I have, I am not the police of anything. Like I'm just happy oh, right. to be able to partic participate in this form. Yeah. I just hate when people, cause I just wanted to know how an attractive woman feels who is really funny and 
you know, that's your whole package, whether you feel yeah. that you look whatever. I feel like I'll like once in a while post like some photo, you know? I never see you do no, that. No, I guess it's been a while. And you just, <laughs> let me do that. Yes, it's it's you're been never a while like in since I've been like, You're you never know. in lingerie and you're like two Jews walking to a bar, you know, but <laughs> at least like that I would respect, but it's like just like a picture of a fit tee and like Is people. this girl really a comic or is no, she? No, no, I'm saying it's just, there's a thing. Thing. There's somebody oh, yeah. said it and there's a term for it. And I'm going to give the credit to the person that said it, who I have to have on the podcast, Ariel, who said this mm. to me, you know, Ariel. Yeah. She said there's something called hot fluenza mm. and it permeates it. And listen, it's men or women. There's beautiful. Men do a lot of butt photos lately. I've noticed. Yeah. And listen, <laughs> it doesn't mean there's not good looking people that are not funny. There are. Right. But used to be, like you said, like this was the last thing and you would go on and, you know, like, you know, fucking look at the like i said like elaine boozler to me is like a you know elisa lampanelli who i think is very attractive you know yeah like, but they don't lead with it no she's just a comic you know sarah yeah. silverman and janine groffel were the first ones that were i think very beautiful but yeah always led with the funny yes and and then but you, you know and then they probably felt that they had to do that yeah so there are beautiful people within the game Right. You know, but I'm just saying, I feel like there's more and more and you're right. And it's now it's almost like a, I guess what doesn't bother me about it is I feel like the market is already going to like, like they already aren't comics. So I just look at it and I'm like, oh, that's cute that they think they're a comic, but they're not really a comic. I'm, I'm not. So let them, you know, do I'm, whatever. I'm not bothered by it. It just yeah. is annoying if. Well, 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 for instance, okay. I know we can't bring him up, but the guy that I did date he would get really upset by people calling themselves comics if they weren't really comics. And I'm like, it shouldn't, who cares? Like, let people call themselves whatever they want. Like, it's their world, you know? Like, how is it offensive no, no. to you? I, I agree you with know? that, but he's like, much more of a purist. Yeah. And, and I understand that. And he's so, and he's very, he's so good. And he yeah. kills and he's yeah. fucking put a fucking. Ton of work into it. it. Tortured life. So yes, yeah, I understand what he's saying, but I understand what you're yeah. saying too. Yeah, we're all God's children. Well, well, no. What I'm saying is that it doesn't take away from you. Hundred percent. Right. Like you, n nobody can take away all the work you've done. If no, they're delusional in their world. But here's, know? but they're not. So yeah. let's let's say, for instance. I yeah. see his point and I see your point, but I just see that why I guess I'm bringing it up is because like if you bring you're it like up, you're like the couple's counselor by accident. I know. Like <laughs> and I'm not really being a bitch. Like I really yeah. do see both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Is that I'm bringing it up is because I feel that you can't really talk about it. And there's this, all this thing about talking about stuff. And if you call it out, you're bad. And it's like, yeah, that's why I know it. I want to just call it out. It's like, come on lady, you know, you fucking, if you, are you doing comedy? Then do it. Right. Don't but my philosophy that I've been working on, like with therapy and everything is like, you stay in your lane in life and do, and focus on your stuff and what you can control. And other people are going to do whatever they're going to do. And you can't ever control, No, it, you know, what they decide to post, what they want to call themselves. It has I, nothing to do with you. I can't wait for you to tell me your therapy rant. And then I got to really yeah. comment on that. Yeah. yeah. Great. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. That's for your life. Right. But for your art. Just, your art no, is your life. No, no. For your art, don't comment on anything. Enjoy that. No, 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 no. Exactly. No. For your health and happiness, you got to do that. But for your art, you got to look at shit and go, what oh, the fuck yeah. about oh, that? totally. So right totally. now, we're in the art lane. Okay, okay. So, I thought we were, you're right. I thought we were in the life lane. We a little are. Bit, a little it's, bit. It's a little conflated, and I agree with you. Our art is our life. But I do know people tortured 
by what other people are doing all the time. And I think it's a waste of energy in, in both sides, right? It would be a waste of energy for that girl to be upset with what you're saying. It's a waste of energy for you to be upset with what she's posting. It's all a waste of. I agree with you. But I get what you're saying. But you should like comment bits. on it. Yeah, yeah. If your your therapist should say, if there's, yeah, don't live there, don't mm-hmm. feel like that. But if it affects you, channel it and make art out of it. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Now, on um, where like, I yeah. where I agree with your ex, I agree with. But where I agree with you is here's a great example. Yeah. Great club. Uh, I'm not even going to say where it is, even though I should, but because I know one of, the, one of the last clubs that's really integrity and like fucking just a dope club will only book who he believes are comedians. It's like the last one where it's like... Which one? You can't say a good thing? <sighs> oh, because you're saying... Because then I'm going to say something bad about some... Another not a person. Club? No, just like... All right, tell me and then edit I'll it. I'll tell you. But he basically... Well, it's Lexington on Broadway. Is oh, okay. It, it's a great club. One of the I've last... I've never done it. Oh, you will love it and I guess he kill. doesn't think I'm a real comic. No, you probably don't know him yet. <laughs> okay. But he's like back room... Fucking six boxes of Fresca, you know, but like that type of room. Yeah, yeah. The best showroom, curated club where people go to see comedy. And if there's somebody they recognize, great, but they know they're going to see a great fucking show. Right. Old school Kentucky bourbon, all that stuff. Oh, that's cool. And like it's a room where you can work it out. Right. And he's like, I, he's like, I, you know, so a YouTuber went. And like was doing this whole tour and would do two shows on a Monday, two shows on a Tuesday. It would sell tickets for 55 fucking bucks. Oh my God. And I was selling tickets. He's like, how about you were 22? And I'm like, I'm fine with that. Cause I never really, I hadn't played there in a couple of years. And I was like, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, dude, why are you putting me on the weekend? And this person, you're leaving them to the Monday and Tuesday. He's like, because yeah. they have fucking 10 minutes. And I was oh like, when they go in there, it's fucking romper room. And he's like, uh-huh. I can't take that rep from my club. And I'm like, they're selling tickets. Yeah. And there are clubs out there that are like, dude, I still have to have the rep. I just can't book anyone. Yeah. And I thought that was, I thought it was cool because it served both worlds. On a right. night that he wasn't going to have his shows, he let new people develop. And there's people out there that are really trying to develop. And then people just giving their audience what they want. Right. And then for the real comics that he believed in, he wanted to curate, he gave the weekends. Right. So it was pretty That's fast. cool. Yeah, yeah. It was a very cool done. And there's an example of accepting it all. Yes. And yeah. he can live in both lanes. Right. But because for he a, has a business, too. He's trying 100%. to hundred percent. Yeah. But there was a time where clubs wouldn't book any of those YouTubers. And they would sell 75 fucking tickets to uh, an hour and it's like people wow. would be like why are you booking them and don't have an act well they sell so at the end of the day he he still was trying to do comedy right mm-hmm. and but i thought it was cool and he, yeah there's your lane cool there's yeah. your lane this yes. person sells it and, and they only have 10 minutes and they make fart noises who cares it's not our business right. let them live his yeah. audience is consuming it yeah, and if it keeps the doors open at his club, then he can still support the comics who are working on their act. 100%. Yeah. I get that. So I thought that was good. Yeah. This has been an incredible marathon. It's not been that bad. It's been about, oh boy. Yeah, two, two hours? hours. Two hours? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we started at 2.59. That's crazy. I know, and I could go another two. I know. <sighs> but listen, talk about your... 
special? Where talk about your socials? Where can you? It's on Apple TV and iTunes. Yeah, you know, iTunes, and you can just go to the Comedy Dynamics site and then search my name. And what's your socials? At Erica Rhodes, everything is. Twitter, Instagram. Twitter, Instagram. I'm not really on TikTok. I know I should be, but you got to get there. Can't stand it. <sighs> I hate it. Thank you for coming. No, thanks for having me. And honestly, I feel like we, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but I have to do stuff and you have to do stuff, but it's like there's yeah. other stuff that we were going to talk about I mean, to get to. Right. Well, we can talk about it another time. Yeah.